Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host Sebastian. Hello, hello. And we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So uh, how goes it, Seabass? Oh, man, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> that's busy, a week already. Busy, man. <laughs> it's been a busy week already with work. Last week was pretty busy, but uh, hockey's back and busy week of practice. Back-to-back games this weekend. Got two wins, so feeling good. But I saw those. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. You know, they weren't they weren't the cleanest wins, but you know, we'll t- we'll take the two wins, we'll take the four points and uh we'll we'll move on and, and hope to to tighten the ship up a little bit. And, not, and I didn't say the, I didn't say the S word, I said ship everybody here. Tighten the ship up a little bit and uh you know, hopefully um clean up our word that rhymes with ship and we'll be rolling. I, I think we have a pretty good team this year, so I'm excited to see where things go. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, my knee actually, uh, it's actually doing a lot better than it was last week. So I'm like, pretty excited. I think I'll be actually hitting the field in Aussie rules football this week and then trying to get onto my hockey team. I might actually, because I can't get into the States right now, because if I get to the States, I might not be allowed to Denmark because people refuse to get vaccinated. I'm pretty not happy about that. So I might not be able to get my goalie gear. I might have to leave the net for the first time in a long time and, and try to figure out what defensemen and forwards do. But I really want to hit the ice, and I don't care in what form. I can play any position. I just – I was born a goalie, and a, I just want to play net, but can't get my equipment. So I can't get the Mustangs games. I can't do any of that stuff. A little bit upset about that, but, yeah, it is what it is. I can't really do anything to change it. I'll join my rowing club here, try to play out of net, play some Aussie Rules football. Yeah, just get in life – kind of going here i mean we're completely wide open here in denmark it just this everything feels completely normal it's great i i can't wait for for us to get that feeling back of normalcy but uh that being said i mean that's a real crappy situation with you know the goalie equipment and yeah. hopefully you can find a way somewhere you know get it buy a plane ticket or something and get sent over whatever has to happen but yeah i mean welcome to the good side of hockey if you end up putting player skates on <laughs> I like, hey, I like being in that. I like having a, that puck thrown at my face. That's what I live for. But I think this episode, we're going to be talking about the National Hockey League and maybe kind of give our predictions here, what we think the National Hockey League is going to look like this year. I don't think you and I have done any super in-depth research. I just didn't have the time to go anywhere near as in-depth as I did last year. So I'm just going to gut check my predictions and I gut checked all the way up to the Stanley Cup. So we'll see how good I see how good I do this year. I did pick the two teams to go to the conference finals. At least my two teams made it to the conference finals, but both got eliminated Vegas and New York Islanders. Let's see how good we do with that this year. But before we actually go into the NHL stuff, we're going to we're kind of going to do a quick super recap here of the weekend of hockey with some of the teams we tend to follow. And I think it's good for us to start in the NHL. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect place to start. Perfect. Let's start with the Northeast Generals. The Northeast Generals hosted the Jamestown Rebels for a weekend set and split the series. Excellent performance by the Generals on Friday night as they dominated basically every aspect of the game and took a 4-0 win to the delight of the home crowd. Goal contributions came from Minahan, who had a pair of them, as well as Schubert and Scott. Chase Hale stopped 36 of 40 for the Rebels, and we were going to say shout-out for the shutout. Limestand had his first North American Hockey League shutout for the Generals. That's, uh, you know, obviously a great feeling when you get that that first shutout uh, early in the season. So hopefully, you know, he uh, he keeps that ball rolling. 
Yeah, it was a big win and a, and a great shutout. Whereas on Saturday night, the Rebels left with the 4-1 to victory with Minahan as a lone goal scorer for the Generals. The goal scorers for the Rebels included Lundy, Musella, Varwerk, and Hampstead. Now in the EOJHL, the Armprior Packers began their season with a home-at-home on Friday night, and they hosted a packed COVID-restricted house against the Whitewater Kings and sent their fans home happy with a 5-3 to victory. Kings goals contributions included Pequin, Talon, and Wah, and Packers goal scores included Dune, Pilon, and Hattie for Andrew Cuglietta, the 19-year-old forward out of Ottawa, Ontario. There was more action on Saturday night as Whitewater hosted the Packers, but the Packers took this one home. It was a tight contest. It was 2-1. to one. The lone goal score for the Kings was Austin Hayes, and the Packers goal contributors included Cuglietta and Tamaj. Then your CP Junior Canadians open up their season at home with the Perth Blue Wings on Saturday night and won in dramatic fashion to the delight of the home fans in overtime. The lone goal scorer for the Blue Wings was the Polish native Pitor Skopinski, and the Canadians' goal scorers included Howard, who, if I'm not incorrect, had his first ever junior goal, and veteran Ireland with the overtime heroics. Yeah, it was it was a tight game. Obviously nerve-wracking. We... Uh... Guys gripping six too tight. We hit a lot of posts. They had a lot of good chances too. But, you know, we we just kind of – our chances, our guys were just either not shooting or shooting too late. We had one where the guy had an open net. And he held on to it just a little too long and basically just nailed the goalie between the eyes as he was sliding across the crease to make a save. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it was a great save by that goalie. And it's funny enough, I actually coached that goalie in his first junior game when he played junior C with us. So I was happy to see him have – you know, a pretty good game, um, and no offense to Gabe if you're listening, but I was pretty happy that uh, finished off with the win. Had a little moment with actually uh, Sean Ireland uh, where he was kind of, someone got into his head and I ended up sitting him at the start of overtime. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, it's just this is just how great of a kid he is. You know, he kind of, not giving it back to me, but kind of was mad that I told him he wasn't playing. And I called up two players right before I went on the ice and I looked at him and I could tell he was smiling finally. You know, he kind of, the guy was out of his head, he was ready to play hockey, so I said, Ireland, you're going. And the kid after blocking a shot basically off his spleen in the third period, um, goes in there, does what he does best, puts his hard hat on, pokes the puck loose on a defenseman, takes his speed, goes wide, and goes backhand, scores a beautiful goal. And um, I think one of my biggest, biggest moments after he celebrated, the team came over and gave me a big hug and said, thanks for sitting me down and, and kind of letting me kind of reset button. It's my second year coaching him, so I kind of knew he, he had it. But I'm super happy for the guys. I mean, it was a great way to start the, the season. I think that overtime win actually gave a little bit of team bonding. Yeah, it was a really good overtime win. It, it was a good game. It was one without a commentator, so it was kind of weird for me to watch. Yeah, I mean, seeing that overtime goal in Ireland and there's a team just celebrating, jumping around the goalie, it was, it was a good time. It was definitely a good game to watch. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, with, with everything that's going on, you know, it's hard sometimes to find some volunteers to do the, the commentary and all that. But they put enough excitement in the game where I think it was still worth the watch. Oh, it was definitely worth the watch. And if you're in the Carlton Place area and you want to, you know... Talk about some games. Reach out. It would be great to get a commentator in there. That said, on Sunday afternoon, the Carlton Place Canadians traveled out to Athens to take on the Arrows for a matinee game and went home victorious after another close one. Carlton Place takes this one by a score of 9-5. to Arrows goal scorers included Nicholson, Sprague, Huffman, and Gray. And Carlton Place's goal scorers included Green and Dickey with a goal each, Brower and Smetham with a pair of goals, and Hattie for Grady Logg, 17-year-old out of Stittsville, Ontario. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, 
grades actually sent me a text and just said, you know, I want some goals, Sebi. And he told me, oh, they're going to come, they're going to come, and there, there they were. You know, he, he got the first one, and you could tell he was relieved, and then got a couple of real nice goals. Um, super great game for us defensively. Our goalie, sorry, had to make a lot of big saves for us to keep us in that game. Um, we were up, I think it was 9-1 at one point, and they scored basically four unanswered, or, or three unanswered, I forget exactly which one it was. But, uh, you know, lesson learned, you know, you can't get complacent in junior hockey because, you can have a 10 goal lead and it can be erased within five minutes. So it was a good lesson for our guys. Uh, a couple guys got some goals and they've been kind of stressing, even though it was only game two. But glad that happens. And, and now we play, you know, Athens all over again, you know, this Saturday coming up. So it'll be interesting to see how they adjust and it'll be interesting to see how we adjust to their game. Yeah, absolutely. We have four of the goal scorers here for the uh, the arrow. So if you're the other arrow goal scorer, I apologize. I didn't actually put your name down. So feel free to reach out on Twitter. We're going to move then into the USPHL. The Rum River Mallards hosted a set of games this weekend against the Wisconsin Rapid River Kings. The River Kings took both games. On Saturday, by a score of 6-1, to one, with the lone goal score for the Mallards being Cooper Brzezinski, and the River Kings' goal contributions coming from Brzezinski, Pismenti, Cicliano, Redmond, Boyle, and Davis. On Sunday, it was a much closer contest, but uh, I couldn't get the game on hockey TV again. Don't understand it. But the uh, River Kings came away with this one by a score of 3-1, to one, the lone goal score for the Mallards being Parker Mitchell, and River Kings' goal contributions included Newcomer, Steer, and Redmond. Now, the Ogden Mustangs also started their weekend by hosting their I-15 rivals on Friday night, the Utah Outliers, and Ogden gave their home fans what they wanted with a commanding victory of 6 to nothing. Mustangs' goal contributions came from Seth Jones, Washco Falls, or Hawks, Miller, and Herrera. The Outliers' Felchetti was peppered by Ogden, but stopped 47 of 53. And you know what? Got to say it. Shout out to the shutout. Savas, or Duke, the 17-year-old out of Kiev, Ukraine, took home his first shutout of the season for the Mustangs. He didn't face a ton of shots, but he faced a few really high-quality scoring chances, which he made it really seriously, dude. A couple amazing saves in that game, and a shutout well-earned. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, um, you know, I've never well, I played Nets one time, and I just want to say I am undefeated and have a 2-1 victory. But uh, that aside... Um, you know, I, I honestly, as a team, like, I kind of understand where a goal It's actually harder to have those games where you're not getting a lot of shots and your team's the one controlling the play because it's it's a little bit more nerve-wracking because, you know, you're not getting into a groove because you might go two or three minutes with a shot. Yeah, and if your team's playing that good defensively, if the other team does break through, it's usually a much higher probability for being actual scoring chance versus just a guy coming in from the blue line and ripping it. It's going to be a guy who dekes out, actually gets around the defense and slides in front of the net trying to take you you know, out of your pads and trying to dump it past you, which he got a couple of real close contact ones. One where it was just one on Owen him. It wasn't a breakaway, but the guy just got in front of Sir Duke and he just had to basically play the chess match right there and he won the chess match. And yeah, really, really good. Really good shutout there. And that takes us to the Stangs hosting their farther south I-15 rival, the Provo Riverblades, and once again left with the commanding 5-0 victory. Goal scores included Miller, Schmakov, Captain Jack, Miri, and Voyatsis. And again, shout-out to the shutout with Randon Miller, Tom Stripling, the 18-year-old out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, getting his first shutout with the Mustangs. So three different tendies with the Mustangs each have a shutout now, man. How about that? Both Tarantino, Sir Duke, and Striplin have now all posted shutouts for the Stangs. It was a very shutout kind of uh, weekend, obviously. And, uh, I mean, congratulations to everybody. You always want to start the season early with a shutout. And, uh, you know, we had uh, quite a few tendies do it. Yeah, Tarantino got his last weekend. And both the boys in net this weekend got theirs. And, that I mean, that, 
it is as much of a credit it is to the goalies because they're the ones stopping all the pucks. The defense this year for the Mustangs is just playing next level, and they're just not allowing a lot of a lot of people through. But again, when they get through their high quality scoring chances, so like you, for me, I'm better off when I get peppered with shots. I'm way more into the game. But when you have these 17, 19 shot games, it's a little bit sometimes mentally boring for me as a goalie. And it is harder to stay in. But again, the shots that break through at that point, they're a lot more difficult to save. And uh, before actually moving to the NHL, I also want to shout out to the shout out again for the Pueblo attendee, Artem Lentuk, the 20-year-old out of Moscow, Russia, who earned a shutout on Friday night against Provo. I watched that game. I watched all the Mountain Division games, and uh, he looked really good in that game. You know, lots of shout outs happening over there. So... Either we got some uh, some amazing goaltending in the league this year, or yep. we got a combination of some amazing goaltending with some some good defense. So, um, you know, games like this, obviously, you know, you got teams like, for example, the Ogden game was six nothing, but with goaltending that's that sharp, once you get in the playoffs, that's gonna be fun to watch because it's gonna just be battles. It really is, and then and Provo did lose last night's game. Of course, we're recording this on Monday, October 4th, and they played on Sunday. They hosted at Pueblo again. They did lose, but they were able to break that much-needed bubble right there and actually start scoring some goals this game because uh, at this point they've been shut out their first few games, which kind of gets into your head definitely as a team. Uh, but Provo broke through a few times, at least three goals, I think, last night that I watched. And, you know, it was good. That first goal meant a lot to the team. And, uh, yeah, though they lost, those goals were huge to just building the momentum for Provo moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, never want to start a season not scoring very well. And kind of, like I said earlier, when we talked about our team, you know, there were a couple of guys that only went two games, so they're already stressing. They hadn't scored yet. So, you know, once you start feeling that a little bit, the boys start feeling a little better and uh, you know, the ball gets rolling. That it does. Speaking of the ball rolling, we're going to roll right into the NHL. So me and you are going to give our unscientific predictions for this upcoming NHL season, because as we said earlier in the podcast, we're going gut check this year. I, I was not able to I don't just I have the time this year to deep dive like I did during COVID around Christmas where all I had was time and it was beautiful snow in the background and I was thinking hot cocoa and just loving just spending hours analyzing each team. Uh, I don't have that time this year, so I I just straight up gut checked it. So that's what we're going to do. And we're going to go through each division and kind of give our playoff predictions. So I think we should start in the Pacific. Do you want to start with how you think the Pacific might roll out? Oh, Pacific one is one of the easy ones. So I'm rem ready for that one. Here we go. From basically one to eight, this is how I had it. I had Knights, Oilers, Kraken. Yep, getting up there in third place. Flames, and then Kings, Canucks, Sharks, and Ducks, I think will be battling for that kind of last spot. But to me, just quickly off gut, and I'm sure by game five this season, this is all going to be different. Uh, but as of right now, it's Knights, Oilers, Kraken, Flames, Kings, Canucks, Sharks in that order. Okay, I'm not terribly far off, man. I have it as the Knights, Flames, Kraken, Oilers, Canucks, and then the Kings, Sharks, and Ducks at the bottom. So California wrapping up the bottom uh, yet again this season for me. So, yeah, it wasn't your list sounds a lot like mine. We're a little bit off. Like you have Edmonton a little bit higher than I do. I put Calgary there. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this division unfolds. I, I'm expecting the Kraken to make the playoffs. I just don't think they're going to go far, but uh, I think they're putting together a pretty good team, and I really like their goaltending, and I think they're going to be excellent this year. Yeah, and I mean, for you know Ben's sake, you know, co-host Ben, I hope the Sharks do end up going up a little higher there so we can have a few more entertaining games, but uh, I just unfortunately don't see it. 
No, I don't either. And as we are recording this on Monday, I don't know if we've been able to tie down anybody to join Ben at the San Jose Sharks home opener. But if you're listening to this and you're in the San Jose area, I'm looking at you, San Jose Junior Sharks. Uh, He is new to the area. He wants to learn Sharks hockey culture. Uh, He's going to be there for a long time. He wants to kind of dive into it and he want to learn it from a local, someone who goes to a lot of Sharks games and understands what the games are all about and what people do. Feel free to reach out to this podcast on Twitter and we will put you in contact with Ben and he will cover that game home opener ticket for you. And you can join him at that game and uh, tell him all about what it's like to be a Sharks fan and explain to him anything happening in the crowd because each each team has its own culture. So, yeah, hopefully for him, they do well. I just don't think they're going to. Um, and, and he doesn't know this yet, but he will buy you a popcorn. You just tell him I told you so. Yes, he will. He's required now to also buy you popcorn on top of the tickets. Because, Sorry, Ben. Yep. Hey, man, we're putting it out here right now. We will, And we want to see a picture of that popcorn when you join him at that game. We want to we want proof that he bought you that popcorn. That said, we're going to move into the central division. How's your central division unfolding? Uh, central for me, I've got a couple surprises. So the way I've got it right now is Avs, Jets, Stars, Hawks with, you know, a Vesna winning goaltender back there. Hopefully they're just they make that cut. Uh, Blues, Wild, Preds, and Yotes finish it off. The Yotes, kind of just a mess off the ice right now, and I just have a feeling that it's just going to kind of roll onto the ice. Mine's a lot like yours. I have the Avalanche, Jets, Blackhawks, Stars, Wild, Blues, Predators, and Coyotes. Um, I just think that, the, yeah, with well, you have what you have in net now with Chicago. Not only the, the rookie from last year, but now you add Marc-Andre Fleury to them. Uh, this is suddenly an immediately competitive team again immediately competitive you put flurry in there you're immediately competitive they got a great team in front of them i just thought last year they lacked some goaltending of course the uh the kid i can't remember his name latukin liukin whatever is it the finnish guy right yeah no, no, exactly. yeah and I, I thought he had i thought he had a really good season i think he kind of brought the hawks a little higher than what i think most of us thought especially when you saw that you know an unknown rookie goalie Malcolm Subban is your kind of two goalies you were rolling with was kind of like a question mark there. And I think it was a pretty big question mark. So the fact they got Flurry back there with a backup goalie that, you know, the team can trust. They moved on from Duncan Key, so they got a little bit of cap space. They got Captain Sirius back. Um, you know, he's got a clean bill of health, and I think he's going to be back. Hopefully Kirby Doc's back fully from that broken wrist. And I honestly think they're going to be a I – I don't know if I'm going to say a cup contender, but I think they're definitely going to – push teams and they're going to make some noise yeah I, I see them being a lot stronger than i predicted last year i predicted them to be one of the worst teams last year and this year picking them for the playoffs so let's talk about what we think will happen before we make it into the east what we think will unfold in the playoffs for the west and so the way i have it is i have five teams making out of the pacific and only three teams making out of the central so my five teams out of the pacific were vegas calgary seattle edmonton and vancouver and basically colorado winnipeg and chicago making out of the central i have colorado first overall then vegas second overall i have winnipeg and chicago third and fourth and then followed by calgary seattle edmonton and vancouver wrapping up five through eight so from what I understand, because still to this day, I don't understand. I, I don't know why the NHL just doesn't go back to the one versus eight or even shoot, make it one versus 16, bring everyone together. But this whole start with the division and then I couldn't even I was looking it up. I'm like, OK, are we going to are we keeping it divisional the second round this year? I don't I don't know what's happening anymore at the NHL. They, 
they've really confused what was a really basic process, I thought. So I'm guessing who people are playing this is how I'm going with it. So especially since I have five teams making it out of the Pacific, this is how I see it unfolding. So I could be dead wrong with how things will play out. But I have Vancouver taking out Colorado, Winnipeg taking out Chicago, Vegas taking out Edmonton, and Calgary taking out Seattle. And then in the second round, Vegas taking out Vancouver, Winnipeg taking out Calgary, and then Winnipeg and Vegas facing off in the conference finals, and Winnipeg going to the Stanley Cup. What do you got? Damn, I mean, that was bold, but... Yes, I think Winnipeg's going to be strong. So the way I did it, and I I just kind of went basically where... My top four from each division was going to make it just for just for the way I could do it here. I honestly, I think once we kind of get into midseason and we start kind of really putting together an in-depth, you know, playoff, what we think the picture will look like and all that. Obviously, it's going to change here. But for this one, I just went straight. I ranked them differently off the top of my head quickly on what I thought they would be. So I had Avs playing the Flames with the, with the Avs winning that one. Knights playing the Kraken with the Kraken losing their first series. I don't think they're pulling a Knights this year. I think the Knights are going to make sure of that. I had the Jets, they are super strong, but I actually had the Hawks surprising them with strong goaltending out of flurry and a veteran presence. And then I had Stars Oilers, and I have the Oilers finally breaking that hump and moving on. Uh, and then into the next round, I've got the Avs playing the Oilers, with the Avs taking that one, and then the Knights playing the Hawks, and the Knights getting better with their old goaltender and flurry. So for me, that conference final is going to be Avs and Knights. And during that conference finals, I think the Avs finally do with some strong goaltending from Kemper, and hopefully... If I'm right, they'll be in the finals. Yeah, despite the fact that I'm picking Colorado number one in the division and Vancouver eighth overall, I think Vancouver is just, I think Vancouver is going to come on real strong at the end of the year. I just have a feeling that this is a year where, like, again, Colorado's going to do Colorado slash Toronto type stuff, and Vancouver's just going to take them out. That's kind of how I see it. But I think Winnipeg is a team coming out of the West this year, but you have Colorado. Yeah, I think I think Colorado, hopefully they're going to run with Kemper here as a starter, and Hopefully they just, you know, stick to I, I get it that some of the teams go with that two-goalie process, but it's just like they say, right, if you have two quarterbacks or if you have two goalies, you really don't have any. And I think they really need to find one goalie and just roll with it and obviously have a backup there. But uh, if they can do that, I think the Avs are set to finally, hopefully, break through. Yeah, hopefully hopefully that's the case because I know a lot of our listeners are in the Mountain, <laughs> mountain Division area, and there's a lot of Avs fans out there, but I think it's going to be winter peg. That said, let's move into the Metropolitan Division. How does your Metropolitan Division unfold? So for me, the Metro unfolds uh, one day like this. So I got the Islanders, the Canes, the Caps, the Pens, the Flyers finding their game again, but just finishing out of the top four. Rangers, who I don't think are quite there yet. I think Alex Lafreniere really needs to find his game and be a number one pick if they're going to really get there. Jackets and then the Devils, I just don't see them taking a big step forward yet. Okay. Yeah. Again, me and you aren't that far off. I've got the Islanders, Capitals, Rangers. I think, again, I have them listed as number seventh, but third overall in this division with Penguins right behind them. I think Rangers and Penguins will be seventh and eighth uh, overall in the conference, but in this division, third and fourth. And again, same thing, Flyers just missing out. I have them 10th overall and then followed by the Canes, Devils and Jackets. Sorry, I'm still not buying into the Canes. I know I didn't last year and they still made the playoffs and I'm not buying into them this year. I just, I think... I don't know. I think they might have a culture issue unfolding pretty quickly here, and I'm just going to leave it there. But then, yeah, I don't see that anything out of the Devils in the Jackets either. So that's kind of how I see it unfolding. Let's look at the Atlantic Division, our favorite division, because, you know, we're diehard teams that suck fans. So <laughs> so how do you see it unfolding in the Atlantic? 
I hate saying this, but so the way I see it again is as Tampa, I think they still have a strong core. So I still think that one, the Leafs, I think finishing it two. Hopefully they find, again, one goal to run with and not play a 1A, 1B situation. I think it should be Mrazic, but no, we'll see. Um, I've got the Bruins because they kind of lost some players, but they also added some key players. Like, you know, they kept Hall, Felino. you know, we'll, we'll see how kind of ha- that goes. And then I've got the Habs, Panthers. Unfortunately, the Sens there, I don't think they're quite ready to make the big step. Uh, the Wings and then, again, just a mess from off the ice, you know, rolling onto the ice in the Sabres. Oh yeah, the Buffalo. I don't. I'm surprised. My they're dead last for me too. That said, did I hear that you had the Panthers out of the playoffs? I did. I honestly think the Habs. To me, I think the Panthers will be. So the way I'm doing it here, like I said, I mean, top four are going to make the playoffs here. I think the Pens and the Caps will be better than the Panthers. Uh, so yeah, as of right now, I have them out of the playoffs. Wow, I have the Panthers number one in the division, not the conference, but number one in the division, followed closely by Tampa the Montreal Canadiens, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. The reason I structure them there is I think the Panthers are going to be really strong this year. I just think that this is going to be a year they just come out of the gates and shock some teams like I did last year, and they did damn good last year. Tampa Bay is still going to be Tampa Bay because look at that team. Then you follow it with Montreal. I think Montreal added some really, really awesome pieces in the offseason. Again, I, I just don't think they're going to be as strong as the Florida teams. They're going to go for it. And then Toronto... I just have some questions because Toronto's Toronto, man. But I still think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, I just don't think they're going to go far again. And they're going to be followed by Boston, Ottawa, Detroit, and Buffalo. I don't think uh, – Boston, this is a team I could see easily in the playoffs. So I italicize teams I don't see any shot for. And, like, as we were talking about the last division, I don't see any shot for the Devils and Jackets. I don't see any shot for the Predators and Coyotes. I don't see any shot for the California teams. And when it comes to this division – I don't see any shot for Ottawa, Detroit, or Buffalo. I just don't think these teams are going to be able to compete. Boston could easily be in the playoffs, and one of these other teams could be out. It's Boston. So I just think they're going to run short this year, and they're going to be the team that just misses the the playoffs. I think they're going to be ninth overall. But, yeah, that's how, that's how I see it unfolding. How do you see the playoffs unfolding with this setup? So for me, if the, if the setup goes exactly, say it were to go exactly the plan, what it would be? It would be Tampa Bay and the Habs playing the first round this year, and I think Tampa Bay – Still takes this one, unfortunately. Um, you know, they won't be running a $45,000 trillion cap overage, but I still think they have a strong core, and I think they win that one. I've got the Islanders taking on the Pens and the Islanders winning. I think they've just built such a great team. They work hard, and, you know, the guys are bought in, so I think the Islanders win that one. i got Toronto and Boston. I think Boston, this is – I think they still make the playoffs this year, but I think this is kind of the end of the dynasty here. I think Toronto takes them out, and they finally win – a series for the first time in I think it's like what 17 years at this point so you know that's me clapping good future on you finally <laughs> did it thank god I can stop listening to the Leafs fans here and they're gonna go crazy and it'll be fun to watch FYI that's where it ends and then I got the Canes playing the Caps Canes winning that one I, I just think that they're built young they're built fast I think they're built speed however the next round goes Tampa Bay Toronto and New York and the Canes. I think the Islanders win that one. I think Tampa Bay beats Toronto. Toronto's run ends there. And then I've got, so it's Tampa Bay, New York Islanders. I think the New York Islanders push through. They've got some great goaltending, both starting and backup. Great defensemen. So for me, the Stanley Cup final is the New York Islanders versus the Avs. Okay, Islanders, Avs. So pretty close. I had Islanders, Vegas last year. Definitely don't have Islanders, Vegas this year, but I have both teams 
easily making the playoffs. They're both going to be damn good teams. For me, I have pretty similar series to you. I have Montreal and Tampa with the Stanley Cup final being rematched like you do last year, but in the first round. Uh, however, I have Montreal taking out Tampa. I think at this point, Montreal just finds that extra drive and takes Tampa out this time, and they move on to the second round. Islanders, Pens, I have the same thing you do. Islanders take out the Pens in the first round. Yeah, you had Toronto yes. facing the Bruins. I have Toronto facing Florida and falling to Florida. Toronto, sorry, they're losing streak in the playoffs continues. And then Washington and the Rangers instead of Washington and the Canes. And I have Washington take out the New York Rangers. I think the New York Rangers are going to make the playoffs. I just think they're going to be, again, it's a young, immature team. And the Capitals have a lot of strong veterans on there. And I think Ovi's just going to be taking it to another level yet again. And they will take out the Rangers. Second round, I have Washington taking on the Islanders and Washington surprising everyone and taking out the Islanders in the second round. I think it's going to be a tightly contested contest. And I think the Islanders are just going to fall short. Washington's going to go to another level. Montreal is going to take out Florida. Again, I think it's a team on a mission. We're going to see Washington and Montreal in the conference finals. And Washington will end Montreal's dream run. And Washington Capitals will advance to the Stanley Cup against the Winnipeg Jets. So the Caps go back to the Stanley Cup finals and the Winnipeg Jets are finally in the finals. That's how I see it. So you have the Islanders and the Avs. I have the Jets and the Capitals. Who wins the Stanley Cup, Islanders or Avs? So to me, if this was the finals, I would say Avs in six. Okay, so Avs in six. Is that raising it on their home ice or away ice? To me, that would be so four. So yeah, that would be, that'd be home ice. Oh, baller. All right, for me, I have the Stanley Cup champion, Winnipeg Jets, the Cup returns to Canada. I get to hear that all summer long. But the Cup returns to Canada, but it will be with the Winnipeg Jets as they will take out the Capitals in five. I see the big run the Capitals make surprising everyone. They're not a bad team. They're a great team, and they're going to make the Stanley Cup Finals. But I just see them with the surprises of them taking out teams like the Islanders and the Habs. They're going to get there, and I just think that Winnipeg's just going to be that team that's destined to win it over the Capitals. The Capitals won't get their additional cup. It will be Winnipeg's, and it will be at home in Winnipeg because I think Winnipeg will be the higher-seeded team. So I think Winnipeg takes their first two games at home, and then Washington returns home, and they win their first game, but then Winnipeg just takes the series over, and there's no doubt in Game 5 that Winnipeg will be raising the Stanley Cup. So... I think as long as a guy like Halibut stays healthy and the team that they put in front of him, I think Winnipeg makes the run and raises the cup. So we have the Colorado Avalanche and the Winnipeg Jets winning the Stanley Cup. How about and honest, that? And honestly, my favorite part of your prediction, and I kind of wish I would be the one to make this prediction, that the not winning a series in Toronto Maple Leafs will go to 18 years. So now they're... their 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 streak of not winning a playoff series will be able to drink legally in Quebec. <laughs> see last year and i think the year before toronto irritated me i picked them both times to advance and go far i even picked i think toronto to win the cup two years ago and all they do is let me down like to do their home fans uh i'm not a maple Leafs fan i like seeing them lose but i also think they've built such a great team over the last several years that i don't know how they are losing in the playoffs i just don't understand how they're losing and i'm not gonna put any anything into the Maple Leafs this year. I'm just going to expect them to do what they do. They, may, they might be the best team overall in the league this year. They might set records. They're not making it past the first round because of the Leafs. I just don't see it, man. And uh, I mean, I had them going on through here, but if it did, 
honestly, I, I'd, I'd love to see it just to, <laughs> just, just to see that streak go. And I, I love when I get chirped from Leafs fans. They're like, "Well, whatever, Sens suck now." I'm like, "No, you're not wrong." But, I'll, you know, my my team has been in the Stanley Cup Finals more times than your teams have been in the second round in the last 18 years. So, boom, that's a that's a true burn, and it's real. It, it, yeah. They've actually done it, and man, they they were close. I thought they were. I don't know. That was a great series to watch. Uh, I remember I was in Ottawa for the Anaheim series, and that was just when they won that game. You thought they won the cup. It was just awesome what a feeling in the city yeah it was definitely a good feeling and uh hopefully one day the Leafs you know can feel it again and at least feel it when they go to the second round I'm sure if they go to the second round there'll be a second round parade but uh we'll see we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah and, and and yeah I mean good luck to all these teams uh obviously I don't think Buffalo's gonna go far I don't even think I, I did mention Buffalo would finish last I think they're gonna be the worst team in the league again this year no hope no hopes for them. I do love the fact that we have Craig Anderson this year. I love Craig Anderson. I'm just so sad for him that he has to finish his career in a Sabres uniform. I think he's such a good goalie, and the finish in a Sabres uniform with the current Sabres organization is just sad. As a as a diehard Sabres fan, or at one point a diehard Sabres fan, because I, I just I can't believe in what the team's doing right now, so I just can't stand behind him at this point. But I tell you, it just it hurts to see him in a Sabres uniform, but I also like it because he's Craig Anderson and I want the Sabres uniform, but I also don't want to send any money towards the Sabres direction. So I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to get a Craig Anderson jersey without spending money on it. So anyway. You'll have to get a, I, you'll have to get a Sens one. Th- yeah, I can. Actually, I'd like that. Though. Did he ever wear the cream one? Uh, I do believe he did, yeah. Okay, that would be a sick one to get. All right, I might get that one then. I don't know. Do you have any one or two bold predictions before we wrap the podcast up? Uh, I think if everything goes well, Austin Matthews hits 100 goals. If you would have had a full, goals. if wow. you had if you had a full season last year, I think he could have done it. I think Austin Matthews hits 100 goals. I I, I mean, guy was on fire last year, and the guy can shoot a puck. That's my bold prediction. And then other than that, I mean, it's not really a bold prediction, but I think you know I, I had them into the playoffs, but I would not be surprised to see a Flyers resurgence since they've completely cleaned up their back end. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, they have cleaned up their back end, and I mean, I don't have them missing the playoffs by much. I think they're a good team. I just think that. With the way that their division looks this year, I I just think the Rangers will beat them out, and they'll make it into the playoffs, and I just don't think the Rangers will go far. Uh, for me, my bold prediction, I think, though, John Gibson, of course, this is Monday, October 4th, because we had this happen last year where I made a prediction, it happened, and then the episode dropped days later, so it didn't sound like a prediction. This is October 4th. I predict that John Gibson might start this season in a Ducks jersey, but he's going to finish it in an Oilers jersey. I think the Oilers finally realized what they needed to do in net and go really hard at getting Gibson. And man, if they get Gibson, and they're going to have to give something up. If you're going to get John Gibson, Edmonton, you got a lot of great pieces, but those great pieces aren't taking you anywhere. They're not taking you anywhere. Make the trade, give up some of those sexy pieces you got and get that sexy goaltender in net and suddenly be a very, very scary team in the Pacific. And Ducks fans, don't get too excited. You're not getting McDavid. You're not getting Jay Settle here. Let's be honest. They're they're not getting them. They're definitely not getting them. But I think based off the talent Edmonton has, they're going to have to give up something good, something very good, and probably a first-round pick included in that to get John Gibson. But I think that will be more than worth it for what the Oilers will see in terms of success. And they just got to do it. There's Out of all the teams out there that really need to make a run for Gibson, it's Edmonton. Because seriously, this team should be way farther along than they are in their 
rebuilding process. At least they've been rebuilding and look like it. The Sabres had been rebuilding for the same period of time, and you wouldn't even know they're an NHL team at this point. But, uh, but no, I think uh, that's my bold prediction is Gibson will end the season in an Oilers uniform. And if he does, I'd have to rechange all my things because I think – Gibson with the Oilers would be the, the move that needs to happen in the NHL this year. So that's my bold prediction. I don't have any 100 gold seasons by McDavid, but that one's though bold. I don't disbelieve it. I think it's he's I mean, you're right. If he could do what he did last year in a shortened season. Oh, man. But absolutely. I absolutely. And honestly, I think if John Gibson goes to the Oilers, the Oilers automatically become a top three contender for the cup. I, yeah, I agree. And I say I, my other mini bold prediction, I won't say it's super bold, but Ovechkin will have another stellar year and just keep chipping away at that record. Gretzky, here he comes. Gretzky, yeah. here he comes. You know what? Honestly, so, I, ho- I hope he does break it. I mean, Ovi's been working his ass off for it. And and he's gone through COVID seasons, multiple COVID seasons, as well as lockouts. And exactly. he's still creeping up on that record. So, you know, let, let's hope he does do it this year. And I, I think I would love to be kind of – you know, you're not your part of history. We get to watch history be made, and I, I don't know, I don't know anyone who might come in and break that record anytime soon. But uh, it'd be it'd be cool to see. It would be very cool to see, and so that's my mini bold prediction, I guess. But that said, we do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHH Official to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. This was Pigeonal Hockey Podcast with Chris and Sebastian. Thanks for listening, and remember. Always clear your crease.